Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Hebrews chapter 2. I'm going to read two verses to get started here, verses 9 and 10. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, he says this. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him... For whom are all things, by whom are all things, in bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. It starts off there in verse 9 by saying, to see Jesus. Isn't that why we come to church on Sunday morning is to see Jesus, to hear from Him, to... Have Him speak to us. Have Him direct us and lead us and guide us to see Jesus in His humbling. Humbling Himself. To see Jesus in His suffering, in His death, in His honoring, in His grace. To see His death for every man as He died on the cross that we might be saved. To see Jesus this morning as our captain. The captain of our salvation. That's a good question. Is Jesus Christ your captain this morning? If He's your captain, if He is at the helm, then I think everything's going to be okay. If He's, at the, if he's in control of your ship, it doesn't matter necessarily what we may face. We may at times uh, face storms. But if he's our captain, we're going to be okay. Because not only is he the captain of our salvation, but he also is the captain of the sea. He's the captain of the winds, the waves, the Bible says, obeys his voice. Creation remembers who the captain is. It's us as humans sometimes that forget uh, who... Christ is and that He is our captain. The Bible says here in this passage though that He is made perfect through suffering. Sometimes the storms and the suffering that we go through is good for us. It's good for our perfecting. It's good for our refining. Now Jesus Christ said this. He said, uh, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But all these things Christ did. Why? So that we might be saved. The captain, as we think of the captain this morning, he is the leader. He is the leader. But he's not just the one who gives the commands, but the captain is the one that is leading the way. He doesn't just tell us what to do, but he was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. He knows 
He can feel the feelings of our infirmities as we talked about last week. He is a captain. And our captain. The originator. The initiator. Right? He is the one who is able to carry through what He has started. He purposed our salvation. Jesus Christ purposed our salvation and He is able to fully carry it out. He is able to finish the work that He has started in us. Our Captain. He's able to lead us along despite all difficulties. Despite anything that we may face or anything that we may go through, Jesus Christ can be our Captain. He says here that He's the Captain of our salvation. He says that He's bringing many sons to glory. What an enterprise, huh? Jesus Christ coming that we may be saved, that we might have eternal life, to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus Christ says that He came to be about His Father's business. And His Father's business was to bring many sons to glory. You think of Joshua who had to be reminded from time to time uh, who the captain was, and as he was called uh, to go into the promised land and to possess it and the battles that he would face. In Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13, he, the Bible says that it came to pass that when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us? Or for our adversaries. He says, whose side are you on? I want to know. And he said, nay. But as the captain of the Lord of hosts, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, what saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord hosts said unto Joshua. And I find this is interesting. As they're about ready to go into battle, as he's seeking the direction for the battle and his and, and the way to go, he says, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place wherein thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. As we seek direction in our lives, and no doubt all of us have uh, temptations and battles that we must face, trials, tribulations that we must fight victory that the Lord wants to give us and, and land that we must possess. Uh, the, the way that God does it is up to Him. The way that He does it is up to Him. And, and, and really what we need to find is the captain. We need to get to a place where we are on holy ground, where we have to take our shoes off because we are in His midst. He begins to give Joshua direction there. And it was not the typical uh, way of battle on how he was going to defeat and overcome Jericho. But it's when we get into the presence of the Lord to see Jesus, to see our captain, to come into, we talked about, uh, come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Uh, I believe that just a good uh, just a good given thanks, just a good praise, and getting into His presence, my goodness, it has a way of, of giving clarity and direction and, and where we can begin to say, okay, this is how God is going to give us deliverance. I, I, 
from time to time in our lives, the walls of Jericho seem like they're closing in on us. From time to time in our lives, we feel like, yeah, I know God's in control and I know God can do anything, but I just don't know what He's going to do here. I don't know that He's going to deliver me. But He will. I mean, He will. Sometimes, you know, we come into His presence and we want to find out who's on our side and who's not on our side and what all the processes are and what all the things are or how we're going to accomplish it. And really, what it boils down to is coming before our captain and worshiping Him and seeing Him. And it has a way of just all the other things kind of fall on the side and all the questions that we have may not matter as much. And God can deliver us and lead us into victory any which way He wants. And many times it's not going to be the way that we think. But we do have a captain. We do have a captain that when we get into His presence and we see Him for who He is, it, it just helps our faith. To know that He is going to see us through. That He is faithful. That though we see suffering, it's just for a little while. The captain leads his dear children along, doesn't he? Look at, skip back just now to verse 1 of Hebrews 2. He's the captain of our salvation. He says in verse 1 of chapter 2, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed. When you think of the therefore, we'll try to remember back what we talked about in chapter 1. That the captain of our salvation, Jesus Christ, is our prophet. He's our priest. He's our king. That's what he, how he starts off. He's the creator. He made everything. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed. Why? Because our captain is our prophet, our priest, our king. He's our creator. He's the everlasting God. He goes on to say in verses 8 through 14 that he has an everlasting kingdom. That he created the earth and the foundations of it, but they're going to pass away. And he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And he talks about the angels that were created here in this passage and how they were sent to be ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. Therefore, because of all that, therefore we ought to give them more. More earnest heat. You know, that's kind of our pay attention. Pay attention, the captain speaking. We were uh, just flying back yesterday in, uh, from Montana, and you, you can tell that uh, some people just kind of don't pay attention to what the stewardesses have to say, you know, and the, and the captain, when they're speaking, you know, just kind of zone out, put your earbuds in, or all those sort of things that, you know, I've heard whatever they're going to say before. But I guarantee if we get up to around 30,000 feet, 40,000 feet, and you look out the window, and one of the engines is smoking, you're going to give the more earnest heat. When the captain starts speaking, you're going to say, okay, be quiet. Everybody around me, I want to hear what he has to say. You may even be asking questions. You know, I think I certainly would. I'd be raising my hand saying, I, I missed it when you told us about those flotation devices. How do those work again? Right? Sometimes it takes a little bit of shaking up in our lives for us to give the more earnest heed. If not, sometimes we're just zoning out of what the, 
You say, it's been a while since the captain spoke to me. And sometimes he does that, I believe, to build our faith. But sometimes it's been a while since the captain spoke. It's because we're not listening. It's because sometimes we don't feel like we need the direction. We feel like, okay, captain, get me where I'm going safe. I'm just trusting you. But I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to fellowship with you. Sometimes it takes one of those engines <laughs> smoking to, to get our attention. He says, he says, therefore you ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which ye have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. We say it this way. We call it uh, backsliding, right? We call it backsliding. We do that as humans, don't we? We, we get on fire. That's what I, I'm fired up. Uh, I'm, I am. I'm excited about what God's doing and looking forward to serving Him. I want to. I want to. I don't want to go through this life lukewarm. I know it's possible. I know we can. I know that sometimes we can get lukewarm on God. We can get even cold on God. This last week as we were uh, walking up the mountains and horseback riding and things, we talked about, listen, we want to be passionate We want to be on fire for the Lord. We want to live and do what He has us to do. It is possible to go through this life and live for ourselves. To not surrender our lives to the Lord. To not totally give ourselves over to His work and His leading. But I believe that the best way, the most fulfilling way for a believer is to to be passionate. To be intentional. To give that more earnest heed. Why? Because if not, we begin to backslide. It's just, it's just human nature. If we don't every now and again get fired up. Every now and again we just need to get fired up. Every now and again we need to just do it just for the sake of doing it. You say, I don't feel like doing it. That might be the better time to do it. Sometimes we just need to go contrary to our flesh. Contrary to the, the way of our, our human... <laughs> hate to say it, but depravity. Say, Lord God, I want you. I want to hear from my captain. I don't want to be backslidden. I want to give more earnest heed. I want you to speak to me. I want you to work in my life and work through me. He says, lest lest we let them slip, for if the word spoken by the angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed also by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders, talking about the apostles, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. That's a good question. How shall we escape? The answer to that is you won't. The answer is, if we neglect that great salvation, you won't escape. Kind of keeping along with the uh, crashing plane analogy, and I'm not belittling this at all, but Jesus Christ is our one and only parachute. He's the only way out. John says that He's the door. Without Him, we don't get in. He says that He's the bread of life. He's the good shepherd. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the resurrection in the life. He's the light of the world. He's the true vine. He is our escape. Peter says it like this in, in 2 Peter. Why don't you turn there? 2 Peter, hold your finger 
in Hebrews 2. Just turn over a couple books toward the back to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. The Bible says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as according as His divine power hath given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him, through the knowledge of Him, to see Jesus, right? That hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Jesus Christ has given us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. It's interesting that Jesus Christ at this, at this great salvation is the captain of our salvation. He's not fixing up the old man, is He? He's not fixing up the old nature, is He? He's given us a new nature. Now we are partakers of that divine nature. Look at this. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He's saying now, because of salvation, because of our Savior Jesus Christ, we have escaped. But without Him, we won't escape. Without Him, there is no escape. The way of escape uh, through this corruption and through uh, the penalty of sin is through Jesus Christ. Don't neglect it. Accept it. Accept that great salvation. Now, when we talk about salvation in the Scripture and in the Word, this would imply the idea of deliverance. That He's delivered us, right? That He has brought us to safety and preservation, healing and soundness. The word salvation is an all-inclusive word, which brings all the redemptive acts and processes to us. I mean, it's a big word, the salvation. It's what Jesus Christ did for us on Calvary. Which includes justification. Justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. That's part of salvation. He justified us. He redeemed us. He paid that payment for sin. That's what salvation means. Salvation means grace. It means great and amazing grace. Where sin did abound, salvation means grace did much more abound. It's it's propitiation that He took our place. It's it's how He imputed His His righteousness to us. It's how we became righteous in the sight of God. is by salvation. Jesus Christ imputed His righteousness to us. It's forgiveness. Salvation is you 
that we are forgiven of all our sin. It's sanctification that He has begun a work in us through and by the Holy Spirit. That's what salvation is. He's still working on us. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. It's glorification. It means that one day that we shall be like Him. Salvation means that we are seated with Him in heavenly places. It means that we are glorified with Him. That we, because we are Christians, are made one with Christ. In other words, don't neglect what we already have in Christ. As a believer, as a child of God, he says, don't neglect this great salvation. I think of the passage uh, where he tells us to put on the whole armor of God. And in there, he tells us, uh, the Apostle Paul tells us to put on the what? Helmet of salvation. He says, don't neglect your helmet. And when you go into warfare, when you go into battle, uh, don't neglect the helmet. Put the helmet of salvation on. What's the helmet? Protect your head. <laughs> protects our mind. The helmet protects our mind. You know, this may sound simple, and I'm not trying to oversimplify it because I, I believe it's profound, but we have to think saved. Put the helmet of salvation on. We have to think saved. You know, so many times I believe that we uh, are praying for deliverance and praying for, for help. And he's saying, I've delivered you. I've helped you. You just got to know it. You just got to by faith believe it. That you are forgiven. That you are justified. I mean, think forgiven. Joshua, before he went into Jericho, that Jericho was as good as delivered. God had said He was going to deliver it to him. Sometimes we're facing temptation, we're facing trials in our lives, we're facing even vices or things like that. And, and we've prayed a lot, Lord, deliver me, Lord, help me. And I believe that He wants us to think delivered. Again, I'm not trying to tell us the, the power of positive thinking, but the power of proper thinking. That think saved, think born again, think redeemed, think forgiven. Isn't it going to help us through our daily lives to think, instead of thinking guilt, 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 to think forgiven, forgiven, forgiven? I mean, to think that, I am forgiven. My sin debt, the whole thing, has been paid for. Amen. Every sin. I'm, I, I'm trying. This may sound like I'm oversimplifying it, but I believe that we get this in our mind. This uh, this great salvation that we have in Christ to put on the helmet of salvation to think forgiven, justified, redeemed, child of God to think. Would it change the way we live? If we wake up in the morning and think not in an arrogant way, and of course you know I, I don't mean that, but to think, child of God, join heir with Christ, co-laborers with Christ, to think salvation. 
Not to neglect it. To think sanctified. I think of the passage in 2 Corinthians and verse 1, chapter 1, excuse me, verse 9 and 10 where he says, Paul talking about some of the suffering and tribulation that he went through. He told the church at Corinth that he didn't want them to be ignorant of some of the troubles and trials that he'd been through in, in his life. And he said, uh, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. He said, we were, it was bad. It looked like we weren't going to make it. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in the God which raiseth from the dead. <laughs> the captain of our salvation has resurrecting power. He can give eternal life. He has the power to give eternal life. The hope of the resurrection. There is nothing that our captain cannot do. He says, we went through some suffering. We went through some hardships so that we would not trust in ourselves, but that we would trust in the captain of our salvation. Who, he says, verse 10, delivered us from so great a death This morning, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if there was a time in your life that you can say that you were born again, Jesus Christ has delivered you from so great a death. You have been already delivered. Past. You've been delivered. And then he goes on to say, and doth deliver. He's continuing to deliver us. Not only has He delivered us from so great a death by giving us salvation, but He doth deliver us. He's continuing to deliver us. When we call upon Him, He hears our cry. When we humble ourselves before the Lord, my goodness, our Captain is not far from us. He is near all of us. As we humble ourselves before Him in need of deliverance, He doth deliver and will deliver, he says, in whom we trust will yet deliver. Right in that one little verse, you have the, the, those three words that's good for us to remember. Justified, sanctified, and glorified. The moment that we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, He did deliver. You were justified. In a judicial sense, God looks down at you, the holy righteous judge, and says, justify. And He says He doth deliver. That means He's continuing to work in us. That's the sanctification process that you and I are in the middle of. He is yet delivering. And will deliver. We have the promise that one day He is going to complete the work in us. One day, we shall be like Him. One day, we will have glorified bodies. Right now, we're struggling with the temptations and the troubles of this world. But one day, we will not. One day, we'll be like Him. That's the promise of our Captain. Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, verse 14, excuse me, neglect not the gift that is in thee. 
which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery, meditate on these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed. Give them more earnest heed. Take heed unto thyself, unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt save thyself and them that hear thee. He says, neglect not the gift that is in thee. Now I know Paul is talking to Timothy about his specific gift and his specific talents that God has given him as, uh, to be a blessing to the body of Christ. But can I say this morning that salvation is a free gift. Amen. And salvation is the greatest gift that we could ever receive. Salvation is the greatest gift that we could ever have. What a shame if we would neglect it. This great salvation. Paul encourages Timothy to give himself wholly to it. Live in it. Live in the salvation that Christ has given us. Live in this hope, this forgiveness, this redemption, this grace that Christ has given us. He says, meditate on it. That's that's what I talked about. Put on the helmet of salvation. Meditate on this great salvation. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the power of the gospel. Not only the power of the gospel to save us, but the power of the gospel to continue to lead us and guide us as we meditate on this gift that we have. And he says, in doing that, it'll help ourselves and help others. It'll save others. You know, when we meditate and give ourselves to this great salvation, it's easier for us to tell other people about it, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of right there on the tip of our tongue, isn't it? Because it's kind of at an overflow. As we begin to give thanks to the Lord for our great salvation and what He's done for us, it just seems so much easier to tell other people about it. When through the day and through the week we've been giving thanks for it. I think of what Jesus told Mary when Martha was complaining about her not helping. He says, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Sometimes it's important for us to think of what is needful. What is the main thing? To not neglect the main thing. To keep the main thing the main thing. He says, uh, he says the thing that Mary has done, it can't be taken away from her. Mary sat there at the feet of Jesus and heard His words. Uh, salvation, I would say, opens up a whole new world to us. Would you agree with that? This salvation opens up a whole new world. It opens up a whole new world that when before we knew Christ, we didn't know existed. The fellowship that we can truly have now with Christ, the prayer life that we can have, the fellowship that we can have with Christ that now exists, He begins to lead us and guide us. He begins to teach us His Word through the Holy Spirit. The peace that passes understanding. The joy that we have. 
This world was not known to us before salvation. When we entered into salvation and this walk and relationship with Christ, it began to open up this whole new world. But, for some reason, it is easy for us to take our eyes off of Him and that world and begin to look down at this world and the things of the world and lose our focus and lose our our direction on what is important in Him. Skip ahead with me just a couple chapters to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Verse 1. He says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Verse 4, For it is impossible for those who have once enlightened, who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of of the world to come. Verse 12, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them, who through faith and patience inherit the promise. He says, let us go on. You say, how do we go on? How do we go on? How do we live in this uh, mindset of salvation? How do we not be slothful? How do we not neglect so great a salvation? It is simple. It is the same way that we received salvation is the way that we continue in it. And it is by faith toward God. It is by faith that each day we can continue to explore all the dimensions of salvation that we possess. It's by faith that we can enter in here and now uh, to that world that God has available to us, that world to come. That fellowship of the saints and the fellowship of His Spirit that we can have. By faith, we see Jesus. By faith, we can follow the captain of our salvation. When you think of the worth and the value of our salvation. You cannot put a price on it. Jesus Christ said that it was, uh, it would be, it's, He says, what shall a profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? He says, the value of salvation for one person is far greater than gaining the whole world. And we possess it. We possess it. That's, all, that's, all, that's really the point maybe of the message is we have it. It's not something that we're working for. Salvation, think of it this way. Salvation is not something that we're working for. But salvation will work for you. If we allow it. If we think it. If we by faith believe it and walk in it. Forgiven. Redeemed. Justified. Because we think salvation in our daily lives, it will cause us to give thanks. 
If we spend the rest of our lives thanking God and praising God for so great a salvation, for our salvation, for our Savior, Jesus Christ, this is a way. Just by giving thanks, this is a way to not neglect our salvation. By praising Him for it. I think of the, the story of the ten lepers, right? They went away and were made clean. But one, one of the ten came back and gave glory to God. And the Bible says that he was made whole. Could we be that one to say, God, I just want to have my life bring glory to you because of the great salvation that you have given. God, I want to thank you for it. I want to turn to one last passage as we're closing. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12 and verse 1. He says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. In closing, we're going to have just a short time of prayer. But I would ask you to search your own heart and say, what is that sin that doth so easily beset me? What is that weight that's weighting me down right now? And you know what it is. The Holy, the Holy Spirit inside of you will, will prompt you, will convict you. You know what He encourages us to do? To lay it aside. I believe that He's given you the victory over it. As we, by faith, walk in that salvation that He's given us, He will help us to overcome it. He says, lay it aside so that we can run the race that the captain of our salvation has set before us. Looking unto Jesus. That's how we started. That we might see Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher. That was the definition of a captain, right? That he was the one that initiated it and the one that was able to carry it through. It was Jesus Christ that initiated your faith in Him. (laughs) And it is Jesus Christ that will continue to grow your faith in Him as we seek Him. He is the author of our faith. He is the finisher of our faith. He says, looking unto Jesus. Listen, Jesus Christ is our captain. And there's a lot of things, a lot of weights, a lot of sins that so easily beset us that will get us off of our view, that will get us off of our focus. But as we just say, listen, I want to simplify my Christian life right here and now. <laughs> and I just want to hear what the captain says. I want to follow him. I want to give thanks for my salvation. I want to put the helmet of salvation on and allow my mind to be guarded from all the fears and all the lies of this world. And from this day forward, to the best of my ability, put that helmet on daily thinking, child of God, 
thinking, saved, thinking, forgiven, justified, one day glorified. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him. You know what the joy was that was set before Him? You and I. You say, why did Jesus Christ go to the cross? For you and I. To bring many sons to glory. That's why He came. That's why He suffered. He suffered so that we could think salvation. So that we could be delivered. That we could have the victory. He says, for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Remember the truth of our salvation, our standing, our state, our eternal life that Jesus Christ has given. Our place in Christ with all spiritual blessings that He's given us. That, that work has already been done. It's already complete in us. Our position in Christ. Our future in Christ. Think heaven. Think eternal life. Think eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love. I'd have us bow our heads and close our eyes. No music playing. But if there's been things in your mind that shouldn't be, maybe we say, Lord God, as captain of my salvation, help me put this helmet of salvation on. Maybe this morning you have to just say, God, I believe you've delivered me from temptation and sin that's been besetting me, and I just need to lay it down. Trust you to give me the victory this morning. God, I believe that you as my captain will lead me throughout this life. We take a moment of prayer. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.